Thank you. Right. Are you suggesting that someone's trying to make a real-life sequel? Stab 2? Who'd want to do that? Sequels suck. No. Two in the box! Ready to go! We be fast and they be slow! Wow! A second Super Saiyan? Second in order, perhaps, but by no means in stature. Your fight is with me now. And when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. Man, I can't fucking believe this. Another basement, another elevator. How could the same shit happen to the same guy twice? Oh, please, please. By definition alone, they're inferior films. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning back in to Inside the Sequel. This is your host, as always, Chris. Uh, this is Inside the Sequel, where we talk about sequel movies that don't get enough love and attention. And for the time being, it's your one-stop shop for Godzilla films. Um, uh, today, we are talking about the 1964 Godzilla versus Mothra. And before you listen to this episode, if you haven't, you should listen to our last uh, episode where we talk about Godzilla Raids Again from 1955. <laughs> Um, okay. And today for 1964's Godzilla vs. Mothra, I have a very special guest. She is no stranger on this podcast. Um, I'm a huge fan of her uh, show, Schlock and Awe. It is the host, Lindsay Wilkins. Lindsay, how are you today? Hey, no, I'm good. Thank you so much for thinking of me for your Godzilla um, miniseries. I was so excited when you asked me. So I am very, very happy to be on to talk some Godzilla. Yes, I, I am too. This is a delicate one for me because uh, I, I got a lot of thoughts on this one, and I know you uh, you like this one, and I've been stalking your letterbox when you did a review on it. So, I've been stalking your letterbox when you did a review on it. So, bruh. Uh, <laughs> but I'm so happy you're going to be on here again. I had so much fun um, when you were on for Christmas. And uh, I've just been loving what you've been doing um, on your podcast lately. Um, I love the I love how you had Anthony from the Cult Movie Podcast on as well. There was some good chemistry there. Um, but yeah, before we get started, what what's been up with you? Uh, just the usual, just uh, watching movies um, and recording Schlock and Awe. Um, I didn't think I was actually going to enjoy this as much as I have, but just as a way to talk to other movie fans about, like Anthony, about mm -hmm. uh, movies. No, it's been absolutely, absolutely great. Um, so, yeah, just watching um, a lot of movies. Got some really cool doubles um, planned um, down the line. I think time, this might come out around the same time. I'll have one with uh, Mike Scott of the Adkins um, Undisputed podcast. So that was a lot of fun to record. Yeah, he's so great. Uh, Mike's a I, I love whatever whenever he's on Twitter. I, I just know it's a good time. <laughs> it is, and really a nice guy. Just because I have been listening to him for absolutely years, and um, and then all of a sudden to become friends with him. And Chris, as you know, we have a little Discord mm -hmm. podcast group, yep. and. He's always just the nicest guy. And I'm like going, I was actually kind of a fan. And now, it, yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> I feel like that with everyone on Twitter. Whenever I get to actually talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, I'm like, hey, big big fan, by the way. I have a yeah, podcast you if you ever want to be on. That's how I feel all the time. <laughs> me too. Like, I'm a fan of yours. If you want to talk, I'm it's here. Like, yeah, Plus, it's like anyone over. Yeah, it's like anyone over a hundred followers. I'm like, hey, like I'm big fan. Do you want to be on my po podcast? I have a YouTube channel if you prefer. Uh, <laughs> I don't even have uh, that standards. I'm just like, hey, you. <laughs> right. Um, it, it, I swear, we're a bunch of um, extra and introverts put into one group, and we don't know when to talk to the other person until we finally go. Oh, I wanted to do that. Well, why didn't you say something? Oh, well, I'm saying something now. You're right. Let's do something. That's how I feel like it is all the time. That is so true. It was just like, oh, can you like with um, Daniel from Cobwebs and from Matt from um, Film Feast and Anthony and um, Mike? I was like, oh, if you're not too and you, of course, I was like just going, oh, if you're not too busy, um. Can you come on my podcast that I'm starting? It was like, yes. I'm like, I was not expecting any of that. 
Right. And I think I've gotten too close with a few like like Mitch from uh, the terror table. He's in a group chat with me and he'll talk about like recording. And I'm literally like, I don't fucking care. Like just whenever I'm ready. And I'm like, oh, I love this guy. And I'm not like so nervous around him anymore. So I'm like, I feel like that's a good place to be. And uh, with Mike, um, when I recorded with him, a little peek behind the curtain when I had a recorded with episode with him, um, I was so nervous, and I'm sure he's laughing right now, but I was, like, so nervous. I was messaging Daniel about it. And uh, then he dropped an F-bomb, and I was like, oh, thank God. Okay, I feel at home now. <laughs> I was cleaning I just, I just up my understand. act and everything. <laughs> it really, is, it is a bit like that. Um, it's, yeah, it's just this weird kind of feeling. Like, um, listening to you and Boozy also from the terror table, it was... <laughs> Again, such a really great chemistry of you two. And um, when Mitch sort of says you are the sort of combination of him and Boozy, I'm just like going, yes, I can actually see that. It's, um, it's you no, know, in listening to, again, we, we said before recording, the um, fantasy Oscars that you've been doing with Daniel and Mitch have been so entertaining to listen to because it just looks like you're, it feels like you're kind of listening to some three guys at a bar kind of goofing on each other fighting and then picking movies it, it has that kind of feel to it yeah that's a, that's a good way to put it because we're definitely drinking like we are at a bar <laughs> and uh Bruh. yeah i'm i i feel so I'm, I'm i'm like the piece of shit between the three of them i'm not been promoting this at all and i feel so bad i'm like yeah if anybody's listening now i've been doing a fantasy oscars with mitch oliver from the terror table and daniel from cobwebs and yeah. uh i it it is so much fun i i i love doing that and um, I'm glad it's so many people really enjoy it. Cause I genuinely thought, cause like when Mitch got involved with it, I knew I was like, okay, Chris, like, you know, grow up a little bit. And then like, when I started talking to Mitch, I was like, this isn't going to work out. And then after I, every, every recording I do with, with, with the two guys, I, I always tell uh, Mitch, I'm like, Hey, if you get anything like upsetting from fans about me i'm so sorry <laughs> no it's because i did think i called i called you an agent of chaos because you tend to have the out of the box perspectives which i absolutely love but at the same time so is daniel and mitch like each of you have very distinctive movie tastes and sometimes they will overlap and sometimes they won't and it's just like at the beginning, they were, everyone was very polite about it, and then by the end of the second one, it was a almost like a free for all. <laughs> yeah, it's like because we watch too many movies for our own good, and we just try to like you know measure up, but then we realize there's no point in doing that, and then we just get drunk and talk about movies we love. It gets out of hand, but I'm thankful that Daniel's involved in it because if it, if someone like Daniel wasn't, it would be a mess because he's like <laughs> such the. Uh, he, he really knows how to tie things together. At least that's how I've always looked at Daniel. He, he always keeps, keeps me, you know, sane and like in, you know, in line. And I think Mitch, because he's exposed to me, will, will kind of get that fever too. Yeah. So shout out Daniel for being the mediator in that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if any, if anyone's looking forward to it, like I know Lindsay, you are, and you kind of already know, um, we are already going to recur record the uh, final uh, episode of that mini series um, that'll be hosted on this channel in about two weeks or so, and then God knows when will that release because I'll be the one editing that. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, if you really like those, you can check those out on the Terror Table and on Daniel's Cobwebs. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate that you liking it, Lindsay. Mm. Um, I mean, before we get started, I do want to talk um, for people who are enjoying, for some reason, this podcast and possibly the YouTube channel. Um, I've been saying it since the beginning. If you really want to reach out to me, like if you want to put yourself on blast, like please email the show at sequelpod um, at gmail.com because we did get our first fan letter. I was like, wow, someone took the time out of the day to write my ass and like <laughs> say something nice. I was like really hoping for hate mail, but I haven't gotten that yet. But um, I'll read a little bit of it for you. Just I don't want to put read the whole email because I got to get it. This is like a thing I'd put on my fridge. I called my mom and told her like, mom, someone emailed me about my show. And she's like, that's great, honey. You're 24. Um, <laughs> Um, but, uh, let's see here. Yeah. So he goes, Hey, so I stumbled upon your show because I finally saw the second RoboCop movie again, 
people usually just stumble onto the show. No one's actually seeking this out, which I'm glad to know. You don't need to be seeking this out. And he goes, I was surprised to see, (laughs) he was like, I'm surprised to see that none of the bigger movie podcasts I listened to has ever even touched it for good reason. And he goes, to me, RoboCop 2 was the perfect sequel, trotting through the same beats of the original in a bigger splash in a little bit dumber way with comedy beats, precocious kids, and an evil mirror to the hero being introduced. He's being shot up and exploded. These are awesome. There are definitely better movies that are sequels, but um, I've never think, uh, thought that I'd love RoboCop like I did. Anyway, I wanted to write and say I, re- I listened to your show and I appreciated your enthusiasm and I wanted to say keep it up. Um, he also said he ran into another hilarious sequel he would love to see um, on this show. He said he saw it in a movie uh, store years ago until he saw it on Prime, that movie, American Psycho 2. He said... The premise is goofy, undermines the twist and the reveal of the first one. And I didn't really like it. didn't have the same satire, but I did love the gimmicks. And uh, it had a shockingly schlocky is what he said, a shockingly schlocky. So that's why, Lindsay, I thought you'd love that. Yeah. Um, sex. It's a shockingly schlocky sex thriller with Mila Kunis and William Shatner. I hope they don't bang in this movie, but I kind of hope to see that. Um, it was a good time <laughs> and it gave my friends a lot to talk about. Anyway, like the show, just wanted to chime in. Best, Kevin. Kevin, if you're listening, you have my heart. And uh, thank you for possibly exposing me to a hot sex scene with Mila Kunis and William Shatner at some point. Um, But yeah, if you want to write the show, you will get your email read and we will love you for it. So shout out Kevin. Everyone should strive to be like him. Can't wait to do an American Psycho 2 because I need to still see the first one. (laughs) Oh, the first one is... I like the first one a lot just because I think it um because i've also read the book which i won't recommend because it's gross um yeah it was based on the book one of the most it's still banned in queensland and australia it's really violent like it is one of the most violent books you'll ever read the things that happen in it are just like oh god um (laughs) and that didn't really have the satire it was a a different kind of satire and then um uh, who directed it mary it was a female who directed it too yeah she kind of satires the misogyny in it which kind of gives it at this other level and i knew there was a sequel and i knew it had mila kunis as the central american (laughs) psycho i did not know about the william shatner um mila kunis sex scene though see i don't know if that exists but i hope there is one because um (laughs) if there's gonna be two people i want to see in bed together it's an attractive woman with William Shatner. <laughs> it's an older man. Oh my god. Um wow. Um even if those two get flirty, it's still gonna be a what? <laughs> situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's gonna feel like uh when uh what's her name? Audrey Hepburn was with Cary Grant in that one movie and he goes, Oh, I was old enough to be your 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 grandpa or something like that. Yeah, and they still have a romance. I think that's charade, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. a great yeah, great movie. But even he's like going, dude, I'm too old for you. <laughs> Yeah, so Kevin, thank you for exposing this and shout out Prime for putting this movie out so I can watch it and um, exploit it and review it uh, like we do on here all the time. Yes. So, uh, yeah, and so let's uh, let, let's move on to today's episode. So we're we're talking about Godzilla versus Mothra. I think anybody who's listened to Lindsay or I or both of us at the same time, we love Godzilla. We did a double with Lincoln and Shin Godzilla, which was so much fun. And uh, I definitely bragged to friends about. (laughs) And uh, um, I just knew I had to have her back on for more Godzilla. Um, And Lindsay, you're excited for the new movie, right? Oh, yes. Um, Where I am, it's safer to go to the movie theater. So I went to a movie which they played uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, the trailer. That trailer looks awesome on a big screen. I I was so pumped i am so ready i i I don't care if it's going to be good or bad i just am looking forward to it yeah at first when i saw the trailer i was like i'm so excited for it and i was like i hope people want to go see it but i did not expect the the outpour of uh just love that people are gonna have are having for this trailer for the upcoming movie Mm. 
And um, yeah, we're here um, to educate people who are like, because I've seen a lot of people on the internet starting to go, oh, I need to watch some Godzilla movies or some King Kong movies to get yes. excited for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're here. We're, we're here to do some education on the movies. So we did Godzilla Raids again, which is the one I said you need to watch first to kind mm-hmm. of like, these are the five Godzilla movies you should watch before the new movie comes out. So you should watch Raid, Raids again. And if you liked it, then you're probably back here again. So mm-hmm. for Godzilla vs. Mothra... He stands for his stories. He breathes radioactive fire. The earth quakes beneath his mighty feet. All who survive his wrath curse his unrelenting fury. A new ally stands to battle the menace of Godzilla. Over there! The gigantic insect known as... Mothra! Turn on the power. Will the combined might of man's forces... and Mothra... Be enough to halt Godzilla's latest rampage? Thrill to the fight of the century. Godzilla versus Mothra. Uh, Lindsay, um, do you remember when you first saw this one? Uh, yes, it was maybe about uh, six maybe seven years ago i'm still newish uh when it comes to godzilla just because i never grew up with it and mm-hmm. it was the first sequel i saw after i saw the original mm-hmm. and um as someone who didn't know that much about japanese culture or a lot of japanese cinema at that time this was at the time i think uh seven years is still a long time ago for me um it was still one of the weirdest movies i'd seen at that point because i wasn't used to the imagery of what it was doing i mean this has fairy twins it has um a giant moth if you don't know if you don't know what mothra is she's a moth who's a god or goddess um you know um godzilla is a much more relaxed godzilla than he is even though he's still a destructive force he's a much more relaxed hanging out godzilla (laughs) Um, and I think I was just taken by the what the fuck is happening in this movie, not understanding any Godzilla law or anything Godzilla. And then from there, I've kind it look it's much more normal now. But at the time, I was just like, I don't know, understand what is happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think for people who. Because originally I was going to do Godzilla vs. King from 62, but yeah. uh, I think it's no surprise. I don't like that movie very much, which I'm, which is why I'm very excited for this new one. Mm. And I think 64 is almost more essential than 62 because mm. it shows you Mothra, which King Kong vs. Godzilla didn't have. Mm. Um, and it, it shows you who Mothra is. And, and it has a really good human story, in my opinion, better really than does. King Kong vs. Godzilla. Mm. Um, I also think it's important to show that Godzilla is still like, because I think when people think Godzilla, they start thinking the later sequels where he's like really fun and goofy. Mm. And in this one, he's still kind of a, he's still kind of a badass. Like he's still yeah. like not a pleasant guy to be around. No. Um, and also it, it, it brings back Honda. So, um, you know, people who, who I think love Godzilla, they're going to want to know who Ish, uh, Ishiro Honda is. And I think this is like one of his crown jewel films from the Godzilla movies. Um, and also, I think it's a it's just it's an easy watch, at least in my opinion. I know for some people, these Godzilla sequels, they're going to after I think King Kong vs. Godzilla 62, they're going to say these sequels are a little hard to digest because they are silly guys in suits, you know. Uh, but I think. I think the important thing about this one is it, it, it really shows you the introduction of, well, for a history lesson, I guess, um, after 55's Raids Again, um, Toho put the Godzilla films um, on a shelf and kind of forgot about them for a while. So between mm. 55, 56, all the way to um, until eventually 62, Toho went the route of making the Mothra movie, which was hugely successful from Honda. Uh, and then they did... Um, they did, uh, the Rodan movie, they did a Baragon film, 
they did a um uh the gargantuan films like mm. they, these were very very popular other different monster sci-fi movies they're kaijus um so yes. and then in 62 uh, the american um studios thought hey like i want we want to make a king kong movie and i know the japanese have got done godzilla before so why not pit them against them Honda agreed. Toho thought it was a huge money grab because, mm. unfortunately, Toho, um, like I've said before, Toho is eventually just going to become sort of like a Disney light where they're just about trying to make money with Godzilla mm. anywhere they can. And um, so they, they they do the King Kong versus Godzilla. There's no winner, but the Americans are going to say King Kong did because, well, the, the Americans put a lot of the money to it. So, of course, and King win. Kong is their guy. So, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, mm. it, and it feels a very much a East versus West kind of mentality, which is one mm. reason I didn't care for 62. Um, but in 64, Honda comes back and he kind of gets free reign to do his own movie again, which he hasn't done since 55 mm. um, for King for Godzilla. So, um, Anybody who know who wants to know more about Honda, I think you should like read up on him. He's so fascinating. He is such an environmentalist. He cares about history. He cares about culture. And there's always those little bits found in his movies that make his movies stand that. out a little bit more. Mm. You know? Yeah, no, I was about I was about to say yes when you sort of said um you can see his love for environmentalism and history and maybe Japan, um, just in general. Um his movies feel very patriotic, but not in that arrogant, I own this kind of pa patriotism, but more in that um, the kind of celebrating everything that it has to offer patriotism. And I think you can see a lot of that in uh, uh, Godzilla versus Mothra is, um, yeah, it's because it's, it's very about much about the environment. It's very much about people who are trying to destroy the environment and kind of um, because of that kind of creating this, well, bringing Godzilla back, essentially. I love his, his entrance in this movie. It is glorious. <laughs> um, and, it's, yeah, it's just this... You can sort of see um, the kind of different layers of Japanese society and how they conflict with each other, and it's kind of all... Nothing's really heavy-handed, but it's all woven into the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think it would be so easy for a director to make um, a movie with some symbolism be so heavy-handed... It's almost like a Adam McKay kind of film, you know. They it's, could they yes. could make it's so easy to do that. But Honda, I think, always knows when to press on the brakes and then let the story naturally go to where he wants it to go. Exactly, I think he does, and I think you can you obviously can definitely see it in the original because that's what the original is about. And what I love about fifties mm -hmm. Toho is, um, yes, they became sort of Disney light, as in we are the um, house of Godzilla, and this is our brand. But in the fifties they were kind of uh, kind of pushing the envelope a little bit in terms of how much they poked at Japanese authority, government, um, mm. culture. Um, I mean, not even 10 years um, since the uh, bombs were dropped in Japan, they make Godzilla, which is about um, how Japan is dealing with, with this. And you still mm. see that in this movie here where they um, want to study it, they want to develop it because they're obsessed. For obvious reasons, they are obsessed with, with nuclear power. But at the same time, they know what the cost is more than anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I, and so those those early Godzilla movies really tend to kind of, um, which is why I love Shin Godzilla, because I think it goes back to that, is it kind of just pokes at um, Japanese society and power structures in a way you do not see um, even later Japanese movies really going for. Yeah, and and I think it's because Honda just had such a passion for the Godzilla character. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Honda gets so kind of grumbly and just kind of dragging his feet because Toho's making him make more Godzilla movies when he doesn't want to. Yes. But this is still at that stage where he's kind of like, I I'll still give it the college try. I I mm -hmm. I'll still put something of value out. Mm -hmm. um, and, and and when we talk about the last two movies of the, of the miniseries with uh, Mechagodzilla and Terror of Mechagodzilla, um, you'll definitely see that uh, <laughs> the understanding of dragging of the feet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a good one because if people were watching Godzilla Raids again and then they're like, well, you know, what did I miss, you know, between that time and why should I watch this one? Well, you get Honda back, which is great. Mm. You get composer Akira Ifukube back, who yeah. 
who, who his music and all these Godzilla movies are phenomenal. You kind of Gorgeous. feel like you're missing out just a little bit when he's not in there. Um, but you also get the versus aspect of it. And mm. like we said, with Godzilla raids again, it introduces the whole sumo wrestling type of fighting that Godzilla yes. will be doing. Um, but it's very like, like we said last episode, it, it's so it's super fast. It, it's quick. You know, it's still Godzilla is still a presence, um, of evil and a, and a symbol of it. But, um, mm. in this one, especially if you're going to get ready for the new one, um, this is how Godzilla is going to be fighting. Uh, mm. he, 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 he knows that there is a different monster. So he obviously wants to retain his title. Mm. And, uh, the thing I like about how this movie starts is it starts with kind of like an awe and wonder. And then the human story, I think really takes off super well. Um, a lot of times with these Godzilla sequel movies, um, the store, the human stories are always kind of like the, eh, I guess it's yes. killer. Yes. But they this one starts off really well with some good old capitalism and some wonder. <laughs> it really does. No, I love the opening shots when you just have a typhoon attacking the shore and it kind of sets up um, what Godzilla is in some respects because he always or usually emerges from the sea. He is this kind of force for destruction. He is completely, uh, well, he's not mad, he's man-made, but he's kind of this natural force that you just can't turn away from. And, of course, you find out one of the reasons um, for the typhoon or why the typhoon is important is because you have people trying to make a reclaimed beach, which means mm -hmm. they're trying to make put more land over the sea um, purely for capitalist reasons and some good old, don't, not just capitalism, but some good old embezzlement and a few <laughs> other things happening in there as well. So um, it's it's, I don't know. I think I find this movie absolutely delightful, even the bad guys, even <laughs> though it's got really some serious issues of um a, a class issues in uh when you, oh what's the word when you dispossess is it dispossessed when you're actually kicking someone off a piece of land because you want to own it um yep. yeah they, of, yeah, yeah. They, they, they they totally have disregard for people who've been there first when it comes to money and uh yeah it is kind of sad to see but like that's why honda puts that stuff in in this movie like i mean the, just the whole commercializing a mothra egg to be mm. the the call to action for this movie makes you think is like are these people like having everyone's interest in mind or like because they want to open up a theme park with Mothra's egg mm. but if um a Honda actually originally wanted it to be um or Toho originally wanted it to be Godzilla being um like a like washed up on shore and they would make a make an amusement park out of Godzilla instead I'm glad they didn't go that way and they did the Mothra egg yeah um, and they want to make it a tourist attraction. Um, you know, and then it kind of becomes an espionage thriller as well with reporters. You get something, something like, uh, of the, like all the president's men type of movie <laughs> with, with the stars, you get Akira Takarada again, who is like my biggest man crush in these movies. Yeah. And you get returning from raids again, Hiroshi Kozuni, yeah. I think is how you say mm. it, um, as well. And, um, you get some more comedy that you don't see. If you watch this raids again into this one, you get more comedy this time around, but you also feel the human story almost be better than the Godzilla parts because it's a really well-written story. It really, really is. Um, and you do have a lot of things, like you said, the reporters and the all the president's men, because you do get these two reporters coming down on the beach. Um, and that which is a thing that carries over from the original Mothra, but um they sort of start digging into like, so why do you want to do all this? Why is it so important that you need to finish by a certain date? Um, and it's all about making money and kind of taking money away from, um, because you find out they've been renting something to the fishermen, I think, is it? Or they've been doing something dodgy with the fishermen. And what, because before we were recording, I started watching the original Godzilla just because I can never just watch one Godzilla. Sure. I have to go sure. in for another one. Um, and of course, because that's also directed by Honda, um, you get sort of you start with a fisherman and then you go to the next strata of say scientists and then you go up to the sort of the government and this movie does the same thing but with this kind of capitalism thing like you start with the poor fisherman who can't pay this rent or can't pay them any more money that they're demanding they've lost um, a big thing of their water thing because they're reclaiming the land and then you go up to um, the reporters who are trying to figure out um, what exactly is going on and the fact that they, they've decided to use this Mothra egg. And then you get to kind of the capitalists, um, uh, the, the dodgy um, fraudsters at the top. Mm -hmm. um, and no, I just, it's, it's interesting. 
Yeah, and I think when you compare this to the legendary pictures Godzilla movies, um, you know, for all the gripe I say about 2014, after that, though, the stories are, the human stories are still pretty serviceable. They're pretty enjoyable. Mm. So if you want something like that and you don't want to just watch Godzilla 98, you, you know, like 64's Mothra and Godzilla, I think really will put you in your seat and kind of like enjoy this little um sub like this movie with so many different subgenres you know and um and i love how it it adds the fantasy from the original mothra in this one because it carries over really well and uh not only are you like having like these uh these reporters like talking about exploiting this corporate greed but then you get the uh the infant island uh twins talking about mothra and yes floating and then you're kind of thinking, well, what the hell is going on now? Like, I, I thought this was a pretty cut and dry, uh, you know, story. And then you get the fantasy thrown into it. You do. I love, is it Iowa Island? No, I can't remember the island's name. Anyway, there's a very specific island where Mothra comes from. And um, you do. It's always connected to these two twin fairies, um, mm. these very t- like Thumbelina kind of people. Yeah, yeah, that's what I always thought of they were too. <laughs> yeah, little, little Thumbelina girls who sing, and they're kind of – I never quite understood what their relationship is, but they're kind of like each other's guardians. They're kind of – they are connected by a very, very specific ways. Um, and then, of course, you have the people who live on this island, um, and they are also feeling the brunt of the um, destruction of the environment that is happening in Japan because it is also affected. When you push the sea back, um, it's going to affect them. And what I love is um, the whole metaphor of you cannot ever push the sea, sea back in Japan because it's always going to come back. Though, side note, I ended up watching Godzilla 98 after listening to you and Boozy's show. <laughs> Um, and I enjoyed it a little bit more if I didn't think it was a Godzilla movie. If it was just a Jurassic Park aliens ripoff, I was like, I am all in. (laughs) It is like the, that movie is like such a, it's such a standing on its own kind of movie. And it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, It's so weird. weird. Like the legendary movies, I think you have to know a little bit of Godzilla and the mythology behind it. Mm -hmm. 98 Godzilla. Nope. It is this weird iguana thing is in New York and that's all you need to know. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And uh, in that Godzilla design, it's so weird. It's it's not even big enough to trample the city. It goes through like the buildings and like almost like a King Kong size type, yeah. which is weird. Which I don't expect nothing less from American studios. But um, uh, but yeah, spe- <laughs> oh yeah, seriously. And, and you know what? And that's another thing for this movie that I think is important is that I still think sixty four Godzilla is still the best looking Godzilla costume. Um, Cause he's taller, he's meaner. Um, this is the last Godzilla movie that he's technically the antagonist of the movie. Um, because uh. in the next one you get, you get the next year, Ghidorah, um, which Godzilla is teaming up with Mothra and uh, Rodan spoilers. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, this is like the last one where he's actually truly the bad guy for a long time. I don't think you get him as the bad guy till 1984. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think the suit in this is awesome. Uh, it's funny because you expect, uh, if you're watching like the trailers for the new movie, you expect this one to be like a bunch of sumo wrestlers running around and stuff like that. But it, mm. since Mothra is like a fly, it's kind of mm. makes the fight sequences a little bit more interesting. It really does. And um, But just before we get into the fight scene, I just want to talk about Godzilla's entrance because it is absolutely perfect to the movie. It is <laughs> He comes through the sand. Like you see this kind of the sand start moving like an earthquake. Um, and all of a sudden Godzilla just pops up and goes, hey, guys, I'm back. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, no, it's Godzilla. Um, so you're right. He is definitely the bad guy. And he's just kind of like the curse of um, bad environmentalism. Um, when you're destroying the environment, you are going to call up um, Godzilla and he's just going to screw everything up. (laughs) Yeah, and that's what's the beauty of Honda handling Godzilla. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though Godzilla is, quote-unquote, the bad guy, basically because it's a giant monster destroying human man-made things, Mm. um, there's a reason for why Godzilla's around, whether it's it's humans tampering with things they're not supposed to, um, you know, it's like the nature versus industrialism, which is such a prevalent um, mm. subject in just Japanese cinema in general. Oh, yeah, You can still see that in some Japanese films today. Mm. Um, 
and Godzilla is just there. Yeah, he's there because you know they're messing with the um, the infant island. They're they're commercializing, mm. and uh, he wants to eat that Mothra egg <laughs> when he it comes really down does. to it as well. Yes, <laughs> and, he really uh, wants. Yes, he does. He wants to poach that thing and have it for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, and and I just love when uh, Akira Ifube uh, just does his blah, blah, mm. you know, and he's just Godzilla just walking around and doing his roars. And uh, you know, this movie, I think the set pieces really work well because if you got a little snippets in fifty four and fifty five, the little miniature scale models, but those mm. are in black and white. And yes. now that this one's in color. You can see so much more of like like they, for some reason they beefed up the number of the military in this movie and like <laughs> what they use. You get so many tanks. You get so many yes. like little missiles being shot up, and uh, it and, and you just can't help but think, oh, this is something I would have loved as a kid. You know, mm. just watching. No, I think it's why I kind of love Mothra as much as I do for some weird reason is because I think she's the kind of the monster that I would have gravitated toward as a kid, um, and. It's just this kind of she's 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 just a she's technically looks like a fly or a butterfly or some sort of mm -hmm. insect, um, but she's so colorful and she's kind of the beacon for all that is meant to be good and beautiful about nature. So um, and she's kind of this gorgeous thing and she has fairies who who are her familiars and I don't know I think as a kid I would have just I would have absolutely loved Mothra and so as an adult I'm just like going. I'm all in on Mothra. Just um, yeah. even if I just get a little bit of it, I'm I'm just happy. <laughs> yeah, and I love Mothra. Like you see Mothra in this movie and in other sequels that she's in, and then you see her in, especially also in the. I love what they did with Mothra in the legendary pictures, especially in King of the Monsters. Yes, she just always seems like the 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 boys are acting stupid, so now I have to come and fix the mess. Is how I always yes. feel, and she always comes on top. Um, which is kind of the bummer part of King of the Monsters, the way they did with Mothra. But then again, it's kind of it's kind of deep of a deep cut where they make Mothra kind of die in King of the Monsters because mm -hmm. Mothra's always revolving into a new um, cocoon. So that makes sense. And but this one, and this one, she spoilers for for Mothra. She does mm -hmm. pass away once because mm -hmm. that's her life cycle is incredibly important yep. to her kind of mythology. So once she lays an egg. Um, uh, she passes, she will die, and then the new Mothra will appear, which means we get the most adorable, um, weird lava thing I've ever seen in anything, which is probably why my first reaction to this movie was, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> they look so weird. They're just like, they can swim, but they're also slowly crawling together in unison. It, it, little... Yeah, it... Slugs thingies. <laughs> yeah, it's Godzilla vs. Mothra, but it really is Godzilla vs. Larva, the whole yeah. movie. <laughs> and they shoot and they shoot like uh their uh their little um Webs like their thingy. string yeah, yeah, I think of Pokemon and I just think uh string shot, honestly, the yeah. whole time. But <laughs> But yeah, I mean, they're basically they're like, hey, we're gonna kick your ass, Godzilla, because you know you're causing a lot of trouble, and I love that, and yeah. and I think that's what makes for people who haven't seen like the original Mothra, and you you're you're getting because I did see the original Mothra first, I saw this one first, mm. and it made me want to watch the original Mothra, and then when they made the '90s Mothra movies, I'm like, oh good, I can't wait to watch <laughs> those. Um, yeah, you're right. I think Mothra is like uh, is an interesting character because she balances the good and bad. And then in Godzilla King of the Monsters, she obviously is trying her hardest to balance whatever Ghidorah and Godzilla's beef is because it's mm. it's insane. And in this one, I like to have it. I like how it's um it's more central centralized. You know, it's not such a big grand movie. It is mm. such a it's it's very much uh, how do I say this? It's very self contained. You know, it is very self contained. Yes, it's not a sprawling movie, and. It is kind of more about the human characters than I think most other Godzilla movies are because it is about the reporters. It is about um, them trying to figure out what is going on. It is about these sort of – and the bad guys are dopey as hell, but um, <laughs> I love them. Um, and it's kind of about them trying to figure out what's going on and then trying to fix – once they know about the situation, they want to fix it. They don't want to just kind of um, do nothing, which I kind of like. It's this whole sense of – oh, we've figured out what's happening, so we need to find a way to fix it, and that is, of course, to get Mothra to come and fight Godzilla. Yeah, and Godzilla is the bad guy, just mm. like the, um, the, the company who wants to um, 
basically take these people's homes away and create um, um, like a new amusement park to exploit, mm. you know, these kaiju monsters. Um, they're just as guilty of being the villains. But the thing mm. about Godzilla, the difference between them and Godzilla is that Godzilla is the judgment of it because yes. um, Godzilla starts to cool it off near the end of the movie when um, Takarada and his, gr- and his band kind of slows down what these capitalist guys are trying to do. Mm. And I, I sound like a Marxist revolutionary saying these capitalists, <laughs> but, um, but the, the, the these money hungry industrial CEOs, you know, like, yeah. um, and I love how they stop them. And then Godzilla starts to cool it off and, you know, the larvae start to finish him off too. And he mm. kind of like accepts his defeat, you know? It's and, uh, kind of, it's a circle of, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this, it's a circle of life, sorry about what he's saying, um, or a um, how nature kind of works. If you try and mess with it too much, it's going to break down the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And Godzilla is kind of the repercussions of that, which is just like saying, oh no, if you, if you do this, if you keep trying to exploit the land just for profit, you're going to get a Godzilla to come in and step on your house. Um no, I do like this Godzilla. I like the suit. I like the fact that he's taller. I like the fact that he uh, fights like a sumo wrestler. Um, but I kind of like the way he, because it's a guy in a suit, but I've always liked the way Godzilla walks. Um, it's kind of more of a, just a relaxed kind of wonder. And he is causing absolute destruction, but he's, uh, he's more the, uh, the, he's, he's not the cause, he's the consequence. And I think that's kind of why I like, they need to deal with him, but he's not, he wouldn't have been there in the first place if they had left well alone. Yeah, seriously. And and then you kind of get that with these legendary pictures. There's always a human part that's driving why these kaiju are fighting. And I think yes. that kind of starts with 64's gods. I mean, yeah, 54 and 55 kind of have that. Well, not 54, but 54 for sure. But, mm. you know... 64's Godzilla vs. Mothra really brings the whole humans are tampering and Godzilla and these kaiju need to stop it. And it kind of sets the the tone for the rest of the sequel movies before you get to the 80s. And I, I really like that. And I think that's why this one is so cherished. Yeah, I think that is for a reason. I think it's gloriously, it's beautiful to look at. I mean, there's mm. all these lush colors kind of popping out everywhere. I love um, the music in it, um, the original score, but also it brings back, you know, Mothra's theme and the twins singing mm-hmm. um it's kind of it's i don't know it's just a really it's not a hard watch i mean i know a lot of people don't like watching actually um from what i've noticed a lot of kids love foreign movies because it's just on netflix and they can just sit down and like 10 year olds going i want to watch this robot series it's in russian whatever mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so that's cool if that's what's happening but i know a lot of people my age hate subtitles and they don't like dubbing either so anything um, remotely, oh, do I have to watch anything foreign or any or any foreign language movie or anything that's um, kind of, do I, why do I have to read my movie? I think it's a big thing I hear a lot. So oh, yeah. um, I think Godzilla vs. Mothra um, is, even though it's subtitled, it's so easy to watch because um, it's really gorgeous to look at. And because you're dealing with Godzilla and Mothra, who essentially don't speak, you can just kind of get involved in the story without needing to know exactly what's the details of the piece. So yeah. And the glorious thing about these movies we're going to be talking about in this mini series is like, they're about nine, they're about 80 minutes in, mm. in shorter. They are, they are quick movies. They are efficient little movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. And people who are listening and haven't watched this movie yet and are planning to before the new one. Um, just remember that yeah, it has this stuff. The, the great thing about these Godzilla movies are they're very entertaining and silly, but they still, for depending on the director, they still have some sort of message or that they're trying to angle, which I don't feel like they ever have to do. But because they do, I like that a little bit more, you know? Yeah, no, Godzilla has a real sense of tradition. And I think even as much flack as the legend, and I like the legendary pictures more, except uh, more than most people. And even though I don't love um the 2014 i think i still like it a little bit more than a lot of other people just because i like godzilla but i think um they kind of respect they don't maybe do the tradition as well as i'd like but they are aware of that tradition mm-hmm. like um God, uh, king of uh, monsters is so infused with the tradition of what godzilla is is that i think they forget to explain it sometimes so you don't necessarily yeah. know why something's happening and it's all oh, it's just monsters fighting i'm like it is just monsters fighting, but Doherty has is absolutely got um, got the mythology and the more the traditions of what these creatures are in these movies, 
and it is usually people messing with the environment the way they shouldn't be and that's always in a Godzilla movie because it's tradition and I love the fact that they don't forget where Godzilla came from yeah that's that's so well put and I I, I love that yeah because it's like you can watch this movie and see like a guy in a suit blood destroying a bunch of you mm. know set pieces and the military defeating him. But like you know the human parts, I think are also just as fun and and mm. and there's a lot of message. That's why I would say like you know kids would love these Godzilla movies because you know they're just so fun to watch. But then you know you can learn a little bit of a lesson here and there that's not so heavy handed as well, where they kind of yeah. feel like it's homework. Exactly. You're not going, oh, I need to study this piece of thing because it relates to this. You can just go, oh, no, it's a fun adventure story. And as you get older and maybe you read up a bit more about Japanese history and especially in the 60s when it was a huge social upheaval um, because like everywhere else, you had all these youths rising and questioning authority and they had a whole bunch of student protests going on in the mid 60s. Mm -hmm. um, actually, it's just a book and it's nothing to relate to, but if you want to know more about that, there's a great um, Murakami novel called Norwegian Wood, which is oh. set in the 60s in Tokyo. And it's very laid back, back. It's essentially a love story, a love triangle story, but it is set in the 1960s in um, Tokyo. So you do get this feeling of a social revolution happening around it's kind of known as the Jap japanese catcher in the rye just oh, not as cynical. Mm. i like that yeah yes. that'd be that yeah um if, if if you need to learn about history there the uh, lindsay's your go-to for that for sure <laughs> um but yeah i i really like this movie it's one of my favorites um at least in the mm. showa era if you ask me in all of my godzilla i'll have a day and a half to think about it because <laughs> i can't um, but yeah, this is, I think, an essential one you need to watch before the new one comes out because if they're going to talk about Mothra, you want to know about Mothra, or if you haven't seen King of the Monsters, she's in it. Um, yeah. And you, and it, you just the whole versus aspect of it. I think if you watch 62 King Kong vs. Godzilla, I feel like you're going to... You're just going to be going in with the expectation of like what 62 was like, and I don't want people to be like that. You want to go in like really wanting to see these guys kick each other's ass and hope for a good story with it too. <laughs> and I feel like 64 kind of does that a little bit better. Yeah. 64 um, is kind of the right way you do this kind of storyline, I think. Um, so I'm hoping, um, I, I'm hoping Godzilla versus King Kong kind of follows that same kind of thing as in something they've got the human element. There might be something happening and this is the consequence of what is happening because you've meddled in something, not because these two just want to fight. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, that, that, that's really what the, the hope is, at least for me here. Um, but yeah, uh, so check out Godzilla versus Mothra in 64. It's, it, it, you can get it on the Criterion. Uh, if you have that show era box set, you can watch it there, which I highly recommend everyone buys that box set. It's beautiful. Um, you can watch it on the Criterion channel as well. If you're not subscribed to them, or you can also watch it on HBO max as well. And that's part of the, the one of the the main reason I want to do this is because the accessibility of the ones I've chosen. Mm. Um, you can watch this on HBO Max. I don't know if it has the dub or not. I can't remember because I I own the disc. But um, either way, just, just read the subtitles if it's on there. Um, you'll really enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely recommend watching this one. I think it's really really fun and it moves really really quickly. Um, even if I was really tired last night, I started watching it and I just remembered, oh yeah, this movie moves really quickly. It's just, there's always movement in, in the frame. There's always, just because Honda was a really great director um, and knew how to kind of mix all these elements together really well. So you never feel like you're stopping one section and moving to the other. It all flows really nicely. Yeah, and it was a huge money grab for Toho as well, bringing its two biggest mm. properties into one movie for the first time ever. Um, yes. And then also... It, uh, it made so much money that it spawned a sequel that exact same year. That's right. The exact same year, another Godzilla movie came out with Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. You don't see that anymore. No, you don't. They must have oh, They must have pushed that one. It's like, right, because that's got the lava in it. It doesn't have Mothra. It has mm -hmm. a lava, doesn't it? It has yes. the lava in it. Yep. Another lava. Um, but no, I remember watching that thinking, oh, there's still lava. And no, it's because it was made the same year. They're like, yeah, right, we the have same these lavas. Year, they use that same suit, and it looks worn. Um, yes. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that's just part of the charm about just the show era. The money was tight, and uh, they were cutting corners and using the same suits. And uh, yeah, it, it's great. <laughs> no, it was this kind of process of watching um, Japanese industrialism kind of on screen and how quick they could be. It, it's absolutely amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just like passion there. And, and this is one of Honda's prouder movies, which is, you know, something I like to see. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love Jun Fukuda, and we'll talk about him at some point later in this in this uh, series. But uh, yes. <laughs> uh, Honda, you know, Honda is the heart and soul of just Godzilla in general. And uh, you, you want to pay respects with him in this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lindsay. Thank you so much for hopping on and, and nerding out with Godzilla with me and helping me recommend this one for our listeners. Um, no, thanks for you... having me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say, what's what's going to be um, new with you so we can stalk you on that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, nothing new. Just keeping on, keeping on. If you want to follow Shock and Awe, um, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram on Shock and Awe one where I just post random um, double doubles on there um, a lot that might not make sense, but I think <laughs> there's a thread that connects them, um, which seems to happen often. Um, or you can follow me just on Reading Geek, um, which is where I tend to geek out about a lot of movies and stuff. So <laughs> Yeah, I love how um, at recording yesterday, oops, at the recording yesterday, I love how the F This Movie Fest, at part at some points you were thinking, oh, double feature with this would be amazing. And I was like, there it is. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> yeah, I always like, I'm thinking of like, I wonder what the, what Lindsay's cooking out with these doubles. Cause I was doing the same with Daniel when you were watching. I was like, oh, this would be a great double. I yeah. bet Lindsay would love to, is probably going to be doing something like this. <laughs> And then I started posting things, and yeah, I got people just rolling their eyes, going, "Oh, of course she is." <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. I'm because it's it's it, I I always say every time it is such a talent to figure out what, what movies go well with each other because mm. I can't do that, you know. <laughs> uh, but you know, Lindsay, thank you again for 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 hopping in on here and, and helping this mini series move forward. Um, I, I'd love to have you on again on the on the show um soon and um yeah you're always welcome on here um the fans love to uh, have you listen i know that because whenever i do an episode with you people always go like oh i like that episode that's good and i was like i know why you like the episode you can just tell me you're not hurting my feelings oh, oh thank you no anytime i love coming on here it's always a blast um talking with you and anytime you c- you can come on shock and awe in fact we have something in the works mm-hmm. for shock and awe down in a, a couple maybe next month or so which i'm really looking forward to um chris came to me <laughs> with a really great double and i went well yes now i have to do that one yeah. um yeah so, um, i keep thinking no. like march is like the it's like king kong versus godzilla is like all of march it's like such a big month for that and i'm like i want to do like i love godzilla but it's like i wanted I, i'm so excited for like these next episodes i'll be doing after this is all over mm. um but like yeah now i'm happy to have another huge fan of kaiju on this podcast so again seriously thank you so much for hopping on Lindsay. no again thank you for having me it's been a blast Yep. And and if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to keep checking us out because later this week we'll probably post another episode for the next upcoming uh, recommendation, which is 1968's Destroy All Monsters, the Godzilla Avengers movie. <laughs> so uh, make sure to stay tuned for that one. And, uh, and if you liked this episode, don't forget to share it uh, with your friends. Um, give it a like. It's available on all available podcasts. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel as well. I say that cautiously because maybe you shouldn't but uh um... <laughs> no you should it's, it's him ranting about uh, minimalism and drinking while drinking it's really yeah, great at some, <laughs> at some point i'm gonna blur the lines between blu-ray minimalism and just minimalism in general and then i'm gonna get a real audience coming after me so <laughs> but thank you thank you all for listening and uh, i hope to see you next time and remember if you're not loving kaiju movies do you really care about cinema anyway we'll see you next time <laughs>